Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with a survivor named Heather, and Heather was in a short-term relationship with a manipulative womanizer. It's a story of love bombing, trust, influence, and infidelity. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and with me today, we have Heather. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. And if you want to be a guest on our show like Heather is today, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. Please read all of the instructions that we have there and either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and then press the Submit button. And for a while, we've been asked to have stories on here that were uh, short-term relationship stories, and we were looking for uh, a specific type to put on, and we got in touch with Heather, and her story is one of two months, but a lot happened in these two months, so a really big thank you. Uh, to Heather for, for being here uh, with us today. You're about to hear the story of of someone who was conned and a love bombing played a huge role. And now I'm going to get out of my way and your way. Heather, the floor is now yours. So I grew up in a two-parent household. Uh, both of my parents were college educated. It was very much so a loving supportive household, but there were some toxic uh, elements as well. And what I mean toxic elements, I mean verbal abuse from my father. And that verbal abuse, you know, I was always a heavy set young girl and either my parents would, would make comments, you know, to me that I would be pretty if I lost weight or you're such a pretty girl, but you would look even better if you lost weight. And, or my dad would call me out of my name, um, like derogatory, uh, slander for, you know, heavy set fat or, you know, just all of those negative, uh, things that you should not 
say to your child and you know then it was backed up with oh, okay we'll go on a diet I was always on diets they never worked and so I feel like that childhood trauma carried on into uh adolescence uh when I got to middle school when I get to high school because the first love that you receive should be from your father if you're a girl I would think and so because that wasn't there. So when you don't get that from your your father, you go outside of that and you look for love in all the wrong places. And when it came to your mom, your mom occasionally would um, be like this to you as well. Did you have a more loving relationship with her where it was maybe mixed messages in that sense that you felt love, but... Did you feel maybe like things might have been conditional at all within the household or no? Definitely conditional. But what I noticed is that my mother would never um, take up for me or defend me when negativity was coming my way from my father. It was always, well, that's just how he is or that type of environment. And so definitely she was more of the nurturing parent, but she still enabled or didn't defend negative behavior in the household. So in a way, you're not in a way. So your feelings and emotions were minimized and invalidated a lot growing up. So did you have eventually issues with having a voice for yourself and standing up for yourself? Or were you someone who would voice for yourself? So it's really interesting um, looking back at it and and knowing the person that I am now by going through this experience with love bombing and the the last last narcissist, uh, I feel like I did not voice or, or speak up for myself, that I didn't have clear boundaries with people. Um, I didn't really advocate for myself. I would pretty much go with the flow. Whereas now I don't do that. I, I totally advocate for myself. I totally, you know, speak my mind and, and let people know from the beginning, this is what I'm going to accept. This is what I'm not going to accept. So who are you as a person in your teenage years where you're like, how do you view the world and how do you think the world views you? And I guess, what are your interests? Who are you? And then going forward, what are your relationships like with people, uh, friends, and then also romantic relationships before the relationship, uh, that we're going to be talking about today? So in high school, pretty much learning who I am. I I really uh, got into the band that became my, my solace, my, my comfort, my, my everything. I I became a band head. I played instruments and my family was the band. Everything was centered around the band. Um, And all I would do was all of my band activities and hang around my band friends. Uh, I didn't really have a lot of relationships or boyfriends you know I would like people sometimes they would like me back but usually they wouldn't because I had severe um esteem issues with my weight I felt like that because I was fat and people would bully me because I was fat I couldn't find 
I, I thought that men did not like plus size women or big women. They would prefer skinnier people and things of that nature. So, so that affected my relationship. And it was like, pretty much I would just go with whoever liked me and whoever that was. It was like, and, and that carried on from middle school, high school, college until like I was 30 years old where it's like, okay, I'm just going to have to settle for whatever likes me because people don't like big women and, you know, that whole dynamic. And, and that's just what I did. So as a result of that, the relationships that I would have in high school, the men weren't on the same level as me. Um, they were like substandard, if you will, um, because I didn't really know what my worth was. So if you don't know who you are, you don't know your worth, then you're going to attract the same thing or things or people that are beneath you or below you. And that's what would happen to me. So eventually you meet the person that this story is about and you met them on an app called Bego Live. And for everyone listening, Bego Live is an app that works like the website Twitch. And I don't know if anyone knows what Twitch is, depending on your age, but it's a a live streaming uh, service like Twitch is where you get followers, you get subscribers to your channels, you can get tips on those channels, and you also get commissions based upon how many subscribers you have. And to get that specific type of money, you need to fill your quotas, and there's a minimum for that. And people, a lot of the time, uh, on on these services, they will trade uh, gifts or monetizations as well to get them to these quotas to get these commissions. And I hope I made sense right there. And this is where Heather met the person that this story is about. So Heather, um, I guess, take us through uh, your experience in, in meeting this person and the love bombing uh, that occurred to really suck you in. So I was a streamer on a live streaming app called Bego Live, and it was during the pandemic. So it was an outlet for all of us to be able to have an outlet outside of ourselves in our homes because we couldn't go outside. So it was like, we're on this app. We're able to meet people. We're able to talk to people. So it was very comforting at a time where, you know, people are losing their minds, people are lonely, people have all of these things going on. And so I'm on Bego, I'm connecting with all of these different people from all around the world. And I meet a group of people that became a community to me where we supported each other on the app financially, where we would give each other gifts and things of that nature. And so um, as I'm building this community and meeting all of these people, I met a group of people, um, a group of young men that seemed like they were very cool or they, you know, were friends and they took me into their their fold and it was like wonderful. It was like we're we're networking, we're having different um events on the app where we're talking on the app we're having fun on the app it was like a party on this app and from this party and from this community that was that was um formed i met this guy and this guy immediately was very nice to me he came to my my uh 
individual room where I would live broadcast and he would support me financially. Um, and he wanted to become an ally with me on, on the app. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's great. Let's, let's become allies because you would have to meet a certain quota to get paid every month. And so you would give each other financial gifts on the app and you would trade to, uh, help each other, reach their goals and their quotas for the month. So he wanted to do that with me. I was like, oh yeah, that's great. You know? So here comes in this person who is an authority kind of figure or an influencer as well within this app and within a specific community where you're now being taken into this community. It's opening up a world for you. This person is opening doors for you and you're getting this bump and this is enticing to you because it helps you create a larger following and it is a nice gesture for someone to do for someone else Uh, except a big difference here is this person is you know going to be doing it for uh, nefarious reasons so I guess walk us through um, what happened from here I started supporting him on the app. And so uh, we'll call the guy Kyrie. Now, because we're we're both hosts on this app, we know we're alliances. If I give you this big expensive gift on this app, you're supposed to give that back to me at a later date so that I can meet my quota. So Kyrie did. And what happened was me and Kyrie started talking off of the app. So that started the whole thing. So as we exchanged information, we exchanged numbers, Kyrie started to text me and say, hey, you know, just making little small talk. And um, and he was like, you know, I hope I'm not bothering you. I was like, yeah, you're not bothering me. You're good. You know, so from there, um, he just really started like flirting heavy, heavily with me. And we started talking on the phone. And that's when the love bombing started, uh, where every day uh, texting me, calling me several times a day. We're on the phone, FaceTime all day. We're on the app all day. He's inundating me with, um, you're the, the best thing since sliced bread. You're a beautiful person. Oh my God, you're a dream come true. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I want to be, um, I want to be the stepdad to your daughter. All of these many, many, many things that uh, that a person does when they start love bombing you. And I immediately just felt like a euphoric feeling. Um, I felt like I was on cloud 25. Uh, it was like the most amazing feeling that you can ever feel that you can ever experience. And it was like, I was in love immediately. Um, and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't think anything was wrong with it because just as this person is telling me they have these feelings for me, I feel like I have these feelings for them too, because that's genuinely how I felt. And, you know, from the love bombing stage came, you know, to us having phone sex and phone sex fast. Uh, and that was like, I think that intensified the 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 euphoria and the love bombing where it would create 
a serious, strong bond between two people that wouldn't have really happened if we were just dating or we were just courting. And from there, uh, he asked me, could he come and visit me because he lived in, in another state? And I said, yeah, he bought a ticket. And then the next thing I knew, he came to visit me and he spent six days here at my home during the pandemic. And that's where we consummated the relationship. Um, we were having sexual intercourse five to six times a day, uh, which I've never experienced anything like that in my life. Uh, because like I said, I was going through a divorce and honestly, like when I was with my husband, after I got a divorce or when I was getting a divorce, I could have literally never had sex ever again in my life. So, um, this person opened all of that up and I was literally in love. So I guess besides the love bombing that is happening, uh, what do you know about this person besides the stuff that's on the app that makes you attracted to him? So this person was an artistic person. He was into fashion. Um, into, uh, he was a clothing designer, a fashion designer. So we initially were connected because of our artistic pursuits. I was very excited about him because I work in the entertainment industry. I would have loved to be amused to all of his designs and, you know, he could design all of my clothes. We could walk red carpets. We could start a clothing line. Like that's how I was thinking. Like I would be his Bonnie to his Clyde, just that whole dynamic. And that's what really, really, really attracted me to him, his artistic pursuits. And just that he seemed like he really, really had it going on and that he had everything going on for himself. And he was accomplished as um, as an artist and as a, as a fashion designer, like on his website, he had social media. All of this was like legit. Like he seemed like a, a really, really, you know, accomplished person. Um, and he was also very, very, very attractive, um, very good looking, probably the best looking person that I've ever talked to or dated, you know, in um, in my life. So he would say the right things, just all of my interests were his interests. And so all of those things made me really fall for him quickly, not knowing that it was all a lie, if you will. And did you know anything about his past or did he talk about like how he grew up or what his family was like? He did talk about what his family was like or how he grew up. He he told me that his mother um, suffered from mental health, that she was bipolar schizophrenic, and that he told me that his father was a career criminal and was in jail. Um, but he was raised by his grandmother and his aunt with good, good moral fiber and character and standards. And, you know, they got him through, you know, high school and through all of, you know, the bad things that happened with his parents. And he went to college. He got his undergraduate degree. He got his master's degree. So he was very accomplished um, in spite of the the trauma that he had in his life. So, you know, he was very open and honest about what he had been through or how he was raised. Um, so that's why, like, I didn't think anything of 
whatever he was saying because he told me everything. He was upfront about everything from the beginning of the relationship. I think my problem, and, and I realize this, is that I see the potential in everyone. And I am the type of person that would like to help everybody and bring everybody along and, and help them along and motivate them to be the best that they can be. Um, and that's a good quality and a good characteristic to have if the person deserves it. So with this situation, it's like, okay, he was able to pull himself up from the bootstraps, from by his bootstraps and, and make something out of nothing. And, but for me, I'm also seeing the potential in him and I don't really think I really saw him for who he was. I didn't know. I I thought that he was one way, but he was actually something else. And did I feel sorry for him? No, I didn't feel sorry for him because he had came. I didn't know how much mental trauma and distress he had with him until the relationship continued and, and moved on, where I, I found out that, you know, he uses all of those things for a crutch and for people to feel sorry for him um, so that he can keep manipulating you. So after the love bombing, you're hooked. Is there an event that is like hook, line, and sinker you are in? Yeah, when he came to to visit me, that was, that, initially, that was it. It was like, oh my gosh, this person is amazing. But then he started showing some signs that were were major red flags. One before he came here was when my friends were saying, hey, you shouldn't let this person come to your house. You don't know them from a can of paint. This is moving very, very fast. You don't know him. And I didn't listen to them. I was like, this feels good. I'm going with it. I'm going to move with it. That was red flag number one. Red flag number two was when I told him, you know, my friends are you know, have concerns about how fast we're moving and that we should slow down. And, and when I told him that it was, he was very defensive. Well, you know, I can't live for your friends and just wasn't supportive in, in my feelings and my thoughts about what I was telling him. It was either my way or the highway type of thing. And then when he got here, we went on a, a nature, um, a sound bowl meditation excursion where we had to walk through like a, a wooded area and he had on very, very expensive shoes. And we had to walk a little ways to get to this open water area that was beautiful. And he was very upset about that because he was going to mess up these shoes, these Jordans, these $500 Jordans. And I've never seen anybody that mad about a pair of shoes in my life where they were like on a scale of one to 10, 10 being flaming hot Cheeto mad, he was on a 10, you know, and he couldn't come down from that. He couldn't get out of that fury and that rage during the sound bowl meditation. So he kind of messed that up. And for me, that was a red flag. What's going on here? So that was another red flag. Um, so, but when I brought all of these concerns to him, he immediately was def not defensive, but he tried to correct them. You know, he immediately started trying to put together different um, objects for my daughter's, uh, whatever my daughter needed. Like, he didn't meet her, but he would try to fix all of the things that she needed, like putting together her potty or putting together my end tables. And he would explain to me why he 
he felt a certain way or whatever, trying to make it better, immediately trying to fix my concerns that I had. So when he did that, I was like, oh, okay, well, he listens, you know, he he's trying to make a change. That's, you know, I like that too. So that kind of got me off of the track of how, got me off the track of the red flags because he was trying to remedy the situation. So uh, when he went back home, that's when everything started to change. And we would get into arguments. I don't remember what the arguments were about, but it just didn't make any sense. And my first inclination, which I did, was I told him, I said, you know what? It was a pleasure meeting you. It was a pleasure spending time with you, but this is not going to work. I wish you nothing but the best. Bye-bye. And that's what I said to him. And I was serious about it because I'm like, first of all, why are you yelling at me? Why are you talking to me crazy? Why are you raising your voice at me? I haven't done anything to you, but try to work out our problems that we have going on. I just was, you know, trying to find a solution to the problem and tried to end it amicably and just part ways. And that's when, um, that's when love bombing again comes in. Oh, calling me at two o'clock in the morning using sex as a way to trap me back in. You're going to have me love another girl. You're going to have me have sex with another girl. You're going to have, you're going to leave me. Why would you leave me? I, I thought you said you loved me. I thought you wanted to spend the rest of your life with me, all of that. But you just called me everything but a child of God and totally lost your mind. So wh what are we doing here? I didn't understand what was going on. It was just very erratic behavior. And that was the the first thing that was like, yeah, this is not, this is not going to work. This is not good. Um, and it showed me like something was really wrong with this person. So what happens from there is I would spend more time like watching him on his, on his, on his app, on the app, being in his room, spending more time with him and also giving him more gifts. And I started giving him more gifts and we both said that we were going to support one another and where I would give him money for gifts. He wasn't really reciprocating at the level that I was giving and I would bring it up. And every time I would bring it up, it would become a big argument or a big fight. And it just really got out of control where I felt like I was, you know, cause I love to see him smile. I love to see him happy. And um, I honestly really thought that this person was my man was my boyfriend the whole nine yards, and he's slowly, slowly distancing himself from me. I'm attached to him. I want to be around him, and he's distancing, distancing himself away from me, but giving me little breadcrumbs to keep me in the relationship. But I know something is wrong, but I don't know how to fix it. So at this point, you have this love addiction that is formed uh, very quickly. He has you. You have him on a pedestal. There's all of this unevenness going on here. And your original agreement with him when it comes to the gift giving and the reciprocation of those gifts, you're still giving those gifts, but that gift giving has stopped coming back your way. So that has become uh, an issue that is, you know, something that I guess as far as the motive goes with this person in these like short kind of grifts that are going on, um, you know, sometimes in a hustle, you give things at the beginning only to 
um, not give them at the end, you know, kind of in the pool hustle, you let the person win at the beginning only to wait till the more money is on the table and then you take that money away or in a way that's kind of what's going uh, on here and you're just hoping things will revert back to the way things were. So I guess take us through uh, the rest of your story. What happens from here? So at this time, we're still on the app. We have told people at this point that we're a couple. Um, At this point, I'm really like walking on eggshells because I never know what I'm going to get or how he's going to be. Uh, based on his his mood or if he's going to be in a good mood or if he's going to have time to talk to me or if he feels like um, he wants to talk to me because it's basically his schedule is contingent upon what he wants. It's always about his schedule, his time, what he wants to do. It's never about what I want to do or if I have something that I need or whatever. Um, at this time, it's like a couple of times where I have some health issues and, you know, I'm trying to call him and talk to him and and for him to be there for me. And he's not really there. And I I may mention that I just wish you loved me as much as I loved you and saying things like that. And just, I can see something is wrong and it's not working. Then he was supposed to come back to visit me. And we got into a big argument at the same time. And so that caused him not to to come back. But I think he got into the argument with me on purpose because as I start like digging and looking through his social media, I see that there is a young lady on his page that used to be his girlfriend, but is not his girlfriend anymore. So he says, and um, I just start reading into like, or following her page and, seeing things that I'm not supposed to see. And I say to him, do you have a girlfriend? If you have a girlfriend, don't have me out here. I don't date guys that have girlfriends. And he was like, no, I haven't talked to her in a year. She's not my girlfriend, yada, yada, yo. All of this was live. So all of this is going on. So he's little by little pushing me away from him. And then I'm also asking for more. I need you to reciprocate what I'm giving to you. I need you to reciprocate the money that I'm giving you on the app and do the same thing. And every time I would bring this up, he wouldn't, he, he would cause an argument or saying, you know, you're just asking for these things. I've never been with a person that wants their thing. It just, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any logical sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And so we just keep doing that over and over again. We have all these arguments, have all these fights. I'm trying to work it out. I'm trying to figure out how to be solution based in my approach and nothing is working. And I'm just like literally losing my mind until, uh, Christmas Eve. And, uh, I'm telling him, hey, I need you to 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 start reciprocating the money that I'm giving you. This is not cool. And that's when he breaks up with me on Christmas Eve because I say this to him. And so from there, um, on the app, I, you know, was able to sneak onto the app and go to his room and see him on Christmas Eve after like we had broke up and he was having a full party with other girls on the app. Um, and for me, I'm like, yo, like, what is this? What's going on? This doesn't make any sense. And so from there, I went on to my live broadcast and I, um, just started talking to my followers and 
one of his main followers, who he said she had a crush on him, came into my room and just something in my spirit said, hey, ask her to talk to her off of the app. And I did. And we we called each other on the phone off of the app. And she gave me some enlightening information that she was in a relationship with him not too long ago, that they were still in a sexual relationship to this day. Um, and that everything that happened to me, all of the things that he was doing to me, he had did to her. So that's when I knew this dude is not what he says he is. He was a, a womanizer, a liar, a manipulator. Uh, I feel like that he was, he told me that he hadn't dated anybody else on the app, which was a lie. I think he was going on this app to find women, older plus size women that he could prey on to use them for money and for sex. So how much money did you give him over time? $4,700. Yeah. For me, I gave him money on the app. And I also, at the time he, he, and I forgot this part, he was trying to get his clothing business off of the ground, but he didn't have enough money to pay for fabric. So I invested in his business and gave him $2,000 for that. And so what happened is that when all of this blew up and she told me what she told me and I confronted him about it and he talked to her, he told her that he was only dating me to use me for money and he was just using me and that's what he told her. So at that time, that's when I started to ask for everything back. And um, in actuality, I have to go to court because I took him to small claims court. Um, I have to go to his state uh, February 15th to close that out. So uh, where are you now with this? Uh, how are you feeling? And I guess, what did you learn uh, about yourself also in this process? And um, how did you mentally uh, wrap your brain around what was happening as far as, you know, shame and things like that that you might have been feeling? You know, now I'm 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 a lot better uh, because it's been this started in 2020. So now it's 2023 and I was able to journal about it. And I actually wrote a book about it. And that has helped me tremendously. Uh, I feel that going through this whole process has made me a better person because now I know about boundaries. I can see I didn't realize how many narcissists I was around all of my life. And when I see them, I know exactly how to deal with them and what to say and what to do and to stay away from them. Because a lot of times narcissists prey on people like myself that are empaths, that are giving, that are kind, that are loyal people um, that don't have boundaries. But now I do. So once you you realize who you are, what your self-worth is, you know that you're not going to put up with any of that anymore. It just makes you a better person all around. And if you had any words of wisdom for everyone listening, what would it be? Pay attention to the red flags and don't ignore them. Anybody can be a victim of love bombing. If it moves too fast, if it moves too quickly, you know that this is not where you're supposed to be. Love takes time. There's a process with love. If it's moving too fast, if it feels too good to be true, 
than it usually it is. Okay. Um, ask those hard questions, but you know, you sometimes you can ask those hard questions, but it takes time. You have to take time to see a person and see who they are and see what their true colors are. Um, to know what you're dealing with. Well, Heather, I want to thank you for being a guest on our show today. You did a great job. I know you're going to help a lot of people. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Brandon. I appreciate you. Well, Heather, thank you again for being here. And if anyone wants to buy Heather's book, there will be a link in our show notes. So if you want to be a guest like Heather was today, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. There you can read all of our instructions, so please do read all of our instructions and either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our guest form and press the submit button and please do send it in the format that we ask for. Also at our website, we have our very own support group. So if you need support, please do join our support group today at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says support group. When you click on that button, it takes you to our support group page. And there you'll find that we have Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, every Thursday afternoon, and every Saturday night. We have forum boards for you to post on, for you to get the validation you need, to vent, to do whatever it is that you need to do. You can do it on our forum boards, and you will have fellow survivors there to validate everything, and you can can validate everyone else, their experience. You can learn and share and grow and get some advice there as well. So if you need support, please do join our support group today. And if you need even more support, please do go visit our friends at domesticshelters.org. There they have articles and resources to help you make sense of what you're dealing with. They have every phone number, every email address, and every website address for shelters and domestic violence agencies. No matter how big or small your town is, they have it at domesticshelters.org. And it is a free free website for all of this stuff so please do visit them today and that is it for our show so for myself and heather we hope you have a good night